We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. No Jack Manuel today, but special guest, Will Jackson of OTG Basketball. What's up, Will? How we doing? What's going on, guys? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I survived the Nets game. It was really a roller coaster game of runs all over the place. Before we dive into that, quick reminder, check us out. iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But, Will, obviously, you know, Lou Will, you know, <laughs> Lou Will just hit down the game winner, three-pointer, contested, 30 feet. How do you feel right now after the 10-0 run the Nets made to tie it up? I think disappointed is an understatement. I mean, there's nothing you can do at this point when there's great defense on the play. Luo just made the shot. Exactly. I mean, Spencer was great. They really made him uncomfortable, too. It was just like a horse shot he knocked down for the win. Obviously, you know, it would have definitely felt like the Nets stole the game if they did win. So they had plenty of stretches in this game where they could have played better and probably walked away with the W. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Obviously, we kind of talked about this off-air a little bit. Free throws again, missing seven tonight, knocked down a few more. You know, you're in better position. Even a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, who shoots great free throw percentage throughout the season, had a rough night from the line and a rough night in general, really. Yeah, I mean, he started out 0 for 10, I think. And at that point, I don't know why he decided to keep shooting. But, uh, yeah, it was just a rough night in general for the team. Yeah, a lot of missed layups, too, not just Spencer. You know, he missed a couple around the rim. Jared Allen missed one late. You know, Damari Carroll missed some. It was just like everybody was missing shots that they usually make. And obviously the big runs from the Clippers, you know, it was like 30-6 to six at one point. They had a big run again in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. So it's just like it just how do the Nets slow down these runs from these teams? You know, we saw it in the Utah game as well. Like what do they need to do to slow down these runs the other teams are making? Obviously you're going to have stretches you go cold, but there's got to be something they can do. Yeah, I mean, I think I thought Kenny was pretty smart earlier in the game with the timeouts that he was using, but uh, when it got later, I feel like he could have been a little bit smarter with the timeouts that he was calling. And then also, it's just defense wins championships, they always say, and I just felt like we were leaving some guys too much space. 
Yeah, one thing that I felt like led to other problems was the fact the Nets were turning over the ball, allowing the other team to get in transition or just get the Nets in their man-to-man defense, where the Nets played a lot better defense tonight when they were in zone. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we criticized the zone so much over the past few games, and tonight it finally worked, but it still ended up in the loss. Yeah, you felt. I felt like in that third quarter you had some really good moments where they were able to kind of make that comeback to tie it. Obviously, Clippers pulled away again in the fourth, but the zone definitely had its moments where it stuck out. What did you think about? I know uh, I talked to Jack a little bit during the game, and he wanted us to talk about the minute allocation. Thoughts about D'Angelo not getting big minutes in the first half? I believe he only played 12 minutes, same amount of Trevion Graham. You know, I don't mind it, especially because it's the first half. Uh, D'Angelo's been known more as a second-half player throughout his uh, early career, but um, I don't mind it because he definitely picked it up in the fourth quarter when we needed it. Yeah, I thought, you know, maybe he could have came in during that stretch in one of the big runs that the Clippers were making, but I didn't hate it as long as he played bigger minutes in the second half, which he did. The only thing I think the counter argument would be, you know, Dinwiddie wasn't great tonight. Maybe he should have got his minutes cut and they should have went to D'Angelo. So something to always keep an eye on. Obviously, I think Shabazz is just out of the rotation right now. But on the Trevion Graham front, 18 minutes tonight, and honestly, you know, he impacted the offense negatively. Yeah, I mean, Trevion Graham, when you are – just shooting as poorly as he's been shooting. You just have to stop shooting, and he just can't, it feels like. And uh, we just need to remove him from the rotation, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the fact is the Nets are playing fine defense when he was out of the rotation, he was out injured, and offensively he's so negative in terms of he has to really shoot the ball because he has to be out there and be aggressive, but he's not knocking down shots. So I think at this point it might make more sense to go to Jared Dudley. Yeah, I agree, especially with uh, we know Jared Dudley is great impact on the floor whenever he's on there especially with his intangibles i think that'd be great exactly and if they're going to run the zone i think you can hide dudley a lot easier than if it's man-to-man defense and right now they need the spacing offensively maybe dudley's not 100 percent, or maybe he's not feeling good but i'd rather see him in the next game over graham i think the graham experiment just isn't going to work out and the nets can't afford to have a negative offensive player on the floor right now i agree 100 percent. do you think they missed alan crab tonight you know, I do, especially because Joe Harris only was able to get six threes up and he made half of them. Um, they definitely missed the spacing on the floor. Yeah, it was nice to see Joe knock down a couple threes. So like, like we've talked about Jack and I in previous shows is, you know, he's getting a ton of attention out there. Let's go over to D'Angelo, though. Big game in the fourth quarter, big game in the third quarter, 32 points, 13 to 25, 6 to 12 from three, 10 assists, five rebounds, only three turnovers and a steal. What were your thoughts on his game? Yeah, he really turned around his offensive slump that he's been in lately. Uh, when you shoot, when you uh, take 25 shots and make over half of them, you're having a great night. And we talked about it uh, pregame. He made a great pass at the end of the game that really just showed the kind of player he is. Yeah, that pass at the end to hit Allen to tie it up, I felt like that was an elite moment because a lot of times players kind of get eaten up in that big moment. It's probably happened to D'Angelo maybe even earlier in the season, but tonight he made the right read, hit Jared Allen for the easy dunk, tied up the game. So a lot of big moments from him. I thought he played solid defensively too at certain points during the game. He kind of picked it up in the second half. And like you said, it's nice to see him out of the slump. Hopefully, you know, Spencer isn't going to a slump and Karras can kind of get out of his slump. Talking about Karras LeVert, you know, 12 points, 6 of 15 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 turnovers. What did you like from him? What didn't you like? You know, I think we're finally starting to see the Karras LeVert, or at least a little bit of the Karras LeVert we saw earlier in the season. He had a couple of really good flashes throughout the game where he made a really, you know, he made the tough layups. He was getting to the basket and actually putting them in, and I really like what I saw. 
Yeah, I, I love to see, you know, the Eurostep was discussing that he had, I think, in the second half. Nice to see him in transition. I think that's when he's at his best. Obviously, the jump shot is still a concern. The rhythm is starting to come back, but it's just not quite there. But the one thing that really popped tonight, seven assists. So he was driving to the rim instead of trying to force up shots or kind of lose control, which he has in the past, you know, the past stretch of coming back. He found the open guy and got some assists tonight. Yeah, and I think that's really important with this Nets team. You know, earlier in the game, you were making that extra pass, and that was really leading to some open buckets. Other than, um, you know, Trevion Graham not playing and maybe D'Angelo needed more minutes, I think the one mistake that Kenny made tonight, I think I would have played Ed Davis more minutes and Jared Allen less. Yeah, 18 minutes seems low for Ed Davis, especially in the, against the Clippers where we really need to win the rebounding battle. Yeah, and that rebounding battle, you know, impacted the game in a really negative <laughs> impact for the Nets. You know, a ton of offensive rebounds. And then it felt like every time they got the offensive rebound, it was like an easy corner three for Lou Will or Schmidt. So it's just like having Ed Davis out there, especially against a physical presence like Harold, would have made more sense, I think, in this game. Yeah, I mean, Ed Davis, we know him as a great rebounder, and I think we really could use him. Now, talking about Rodion's, obviously, one of the yeah. roughest nights for him. You know, some of it was a couple ticky-tacky fouls, but some are just, you're a rookie, you got to, you know, clean up those mistakes. Only got to play 12 minutes after fouling out. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad 12 minutes, but it was just, you really need to learn how to clean up those fouls, man. Yeah, you can't be reaching. You know, the last foul I got called for was a really soft foul. It was on Lou Will, but you just can't reach in that situation when you have five fouls. And, you know, the team really needs him out there because right now he's a guy who's knocking down his three-point shot. Yeah, and that's something that you'll learn the more you play in the NBA. I feel like just that's, you know, his rookiness coming out. And that's something I'll learn later. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's a learning experience from him. Obviously, he's already starting substantially more games than pretty much anybody expected this season and playing more minutes. So, you know, happy to, we shouldn't complain about him at all. But one guy who needs some more love that just doesn't seem to get the proper love, obviously, you just recently wrote an article on him. Damari Carroll, 22 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6, 5 free throws, you know, 7 rebounds. And he was just after the loose balls, had a ton of big plays late in this game. Thoughts on uh, Carroll? There's nothing I can say more about Demar Carroll than I already have. I love this man. He just makes the smart plays. He's an amazing veteran. He's showing his value time and time again. Especially uh, the play that stuck out to me the most was uh, when the ball was running out of bounds and Carroll saved it by knocking off Gallinari's leg. Yeah. Yeah, that was. That was a really good play. Gallinari was kind of just, you know, floating out of bounds, thought no one was coming around him. Demari made the extra hustle. You know, you love that. And those are the plays that are going to help the Nets win games that they aren't necessarily supposed to win. Tonight, that almost happened. So Carroll's always playing a big part in terms of, you know, the Nets' success. Yeah, no, there's nothing more you can say about him except amazing. Now, Will, any concerns that you're seeing, you know, from the Utah game in this game, one thing that stuck out in my eyes was at certain times the Nets just almost get lazy when it comes to the pick and roll or getting caught on screens, and the other team either puts Jared Allen in a two-on-one situation or they end up getting an easy shot. Do you think that's something they need to adjust to or the guys just need to do a better job getting around the screens? You know, I think that's a little bit of laziness. I think it's a little bit of um, just learning to adjust to different offenses that you see in the league. And, uh, the other thing that sticks out to me in these two games is, you know, getting the hot start and not being able to hold on to the lead. Yeah, that's that's a real struggle, obviously, up at 19 one point tonight. And like we talked about, the Clippers going that insane run in the second quarter. You know, like we talked about, some of that being on Kenny, some of that being on the team. It's just guys are in rough stretches right now, and they need to kind of find some rhythm or this road trip is going to go really bad for the Nets. Yeah, I mean, we definitely need to sneak out at least two wins for the rest of this road trip. Yeah, obviously the game against Sacramento is going to be big. You know, a team we beat earlier in the season at home. You know, they've been a surprise this year, but that's an opportunity on the road. The Nets can really win that game. And obviously the Lakers have not been good. LeBron, who knows, might even be rested that game. So that's Hopefully. that's that's a must win. 
Yeah, especially after how the Lakers lost tonight. We have to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was embarrassing. So, you know, Will, what guys are you looking at that really need to step up their game for the upcoming stretch of this road trip and the rest of the season? You know, obviously I have to lean on our all-star, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he's taken the role of being the leader of this team, and I feel like he really needs to step up and carry us through this. Yeah, I think uh, tonight was a positive sign. You just saw a little bit more swag than you've seen in the last few games. Also, one thing he's developing nicely is this, like, fake layup that he has where he's pretending yeah, to be excited. This. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a Euro step. It's just with his hands, but he gets guys every time. So I think that's something he's going to go to a little bit more. Obviously, I'd like to see Spencer get going. And if Karis LeVert can just get a little bit of his jump shot back, I think that'd be better. So hopefully we see Alan Crabb, too, uh, early this week. Yeah, I think we will. I think we will. Yeah, it'd be a big boost. Hopefully, Crab can get going. I think if out of the names of Crab, Dinwiddie, and Lavert, if two of the three can get going, I think that'd be a big boost for the team. That'd be huge, especially with Crab's uh, shooting ability. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Guys. If Crab can get, you know, the you know AC that we saw at the end of last season and do that at the end of this year, that'd be big for the team, especially if they want to make the playoffs. Obviously, that's not a guarantee. You know, a couple things did happen tonight. Uh, Miami beat Charlotte but also Orlando picked up the W and Detroit picked up the W. So the Nets need to continue to win games they want to get in the postseason. Yeah, I don't know how Detroit just keeps winning these big games, but they keep doing. We have to keep pace. Yeah, and I think uh, Detroit's, you know, got a couple good breaks. I want to say Lowry didn't play today as well. So, you know, some of these teams are getting breaks and guys resting. You know, a low-key rooting interest for the Nets fans would be the Bucks to kind of win out and the Raptors to lose some more games so they can lock up that number one seed. So by the time they face them the two weeks, the last two weeks of the season, they may be resting guys like Giannis or Chris Middleton, especially with a Brogdon injury. Yeah, that'd be big for us, especially if they rush Giannis because we are not going to match up well against them. Yeah, I'm not sure really anybody does. And even the games you do, you still almost lose. So, <laughs> uh, Will, any other final thoughts on this one before we get out of here? I mean, we just need to wrap up a W, at least one for the rest of this road trip if we want to stay serious about this. What do you think is going to be the biggest factor in the next game in terms of the Nets getting W's? Is it going to be free throw shooting? Is it going to be rebounding, defensive effort, knocking down their shots, certain players stepping up? What is it in your eyes if you had to put it on one thing? I think it would be mostly defense. I think that we were leaving a little bit too much room for Lou Will and Mo Harrell tonight. So I think locking up the defense would be really important for us. Yeah, I agree. I think defense is something you can always can control, and that almost kind of attaches rebounding because if you're finishing off a defensive possession, it is getting the rebound. So if they can play with that high intensity for an entire game or majority of the game, they'll give themselves a good shot to win. Tonight, they just had too many stretches where they're inconsistent and against good teams in the West, that's going to lose you the game. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but we have to learn to adjust. Exactly. All right, Will, pleasure having you on. You know, check us out, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. And as always, thanks for listening. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.